are on threat overload, but don't worry, I've got the cure. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Well, did you know that the number of people singing the national anthem has decreased? In fact, only 70% uh, answered the question, yes, how likely are you to sing the national anthem? Less than 70%. Did you know that the number of people putting their hand over their heart while singing the national anthem has decreased as well? And did you know that this is putting us all in grave danger? Well, today I'll tell you why and what we need to do about it. When I was in school growing up, when I would come to school in the morning, the first thing that we did would be to say the Pledge of Allegiance, and of course your hand over your heart, and sing a patriotic song, whether it was the National Anthem, or My Country Tis of Thee, America the Beautiful, um, any of these uh, typical patriotic songs for America. And um, that practice is, you know, I don't know whether you, uh, had that experience, and I think a lot depends also on where you live and what kind of school you went to. I went to a public school in New York, in New York City, um, and that's what we did then. But it certainly has decreased. The number of teachers, the number of schools that are still doing this has absolutely decreased. And that has played a big part in not modeling for kids um, not only the, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance and these various songs, but um, the appreciation that we need to have for living in this wonderful country, how grateful we need to be, how grateful we need to be for the people who fought for this country, uh, the people in the military who gave their lives so that we could be singing the national anthem and saying the Pledge of Allegiance, not just barbecuing. Um, it really, we were, things have to change. Now, after 9-11, the first attack on our soil, some of us have lost our fighting spirit. That was a very traumatic event that still, still has repercussions in all of us to one degree or another and one way or another to this day. And for some, it has caused some people to feel, um, to anticipate further attacks in a way that like, a, like a, an abused puppy cowers just waiting for the next attack, the next abuse. And this is a big problem because um, with the attacks that we are under these days, and I'm talking about North Korea ask, adding itself to the threat of terrorism, we have got to dig down and find this lost fighting spirit, ASAP. Now, in addition to this, um, we are all suffering from an election that divided us. That has uh, not shown any or very little. It's shown some, quite frankly, but li too little. Uh, 
chance, too little impact of that changing. There's too little sense of it changing. There are still a lot of people who are still very angry on both sides of the aisle and family and friends are still having problems getting along, not to mention work uh, situations as well, workplaces. There is a subtle and sometimes not so subtle divide in terms of how people react to you. Think, you know, think about it. Have you noticed um, maybe at work, maybe friends, maybe family, have you noticed people who disagree with whichever side of the aisle you're on sort of excluding you from things or not being as nice to you or um, having other kinds of uh, effects that you don't really see any other reason for besides that they don't like who you voted for? Well, with threats and attacks on all fronts, we need to bring back patriotism while we still can. Now, now the question is, will the new threat from North Korea put us on threat overload because, and push us over the edge because we are still trying to deal with the threat of terrorism? And now we have North Korea. Now, if you're said to yourself, well, that's not a new threat. Well, yes, we've always known that North Korea uh, existed with its leader, Kim Jong-un, who most of us, myself included, thought about as a crazy, pesky fellow with an inferiority complex who had to keep detonating middle missiles in order to get attention and try to prove to the world that he's a powerful guy. But until now, until his recent launch of a missile that can reach Alaska, until then we thought we were safe, we were complacent, we even laughed sometimes when the uh, North Korean missiles would go into the ocean and you know, not go very far at all when they would fail. Uh, so we didn't really take his threat as seriously as apparently we needed to and certainly need to now. Now, when I say will North Korea push us over the edge, I don't mean militarily, although that's a question for another day, uh, the question of whether we're going to have to push the button or not. I mean psychologically, how much threat can we take? We've just been having a hard time, a hard enough time, wrapping our head around the rise in terrorism uh, in Europe. Escalating attacks over the past couple of years, uh, France, England, Belgium, Germany, uh, all several attacks in these countries, even Scandinavia, um, Russia. There are, they are popping up all over the place, faster than, certainly faster than ever before. And that in itself has been putting us on, keeping us on edge. Now, perhaps, you know, you may be saying to yourself, well, I'm not thinking about it so much. I think about it when I hear about it in the news. And then, you know, it's okay. I, I don't keep thinking about it. Well, really, um, sometimes, these things are bothering us unconsciously in ways that we don't acknowledge, and it has to do with our denial um, keeping us from paying attention to it. And as I've said in some previous podcasts, you know, there's such a thing as healthy denial because we don't want to be concentrating on this every minute. Uh, we would 
you know, go to our beds and pull the covers over our head and not be able to function. But at the same time, we do need to keep a healthy awareness of what's going on in the world. So um, the question is, you know, there's such a thing, um, and maybe you're familiar with this, when children are abused, they come to expect more abuse, and they come to um, for example, children who have a father who's alcoholic, and when he comes home after he's been drinking, they know that he's likely to take a strap or take his hands or something else and start hitting them just because, just out of his own frustration. And so when the father then comes home, in general, before a child knows whether the father, this particular example that I'm giving, it's certainly not only, only about abusive uh, fathers, alcoholic fathers, but this is just an example. So when a father in these kinds of homes comes home before the child knows whether, in fact, he's been drinking that day or not, they will often cower in the closet because they're afraid they have come to associate the fathers coming home with their getting beaten, abused. And so this affects their personality. These leave, this leaves scars, of course. It's very traumatic uh, the more often that it happens. And this leaves scars, and it causes them to grow up in a way, it causes them to, to give up, many children in these kinds of situations, give up um, fighting, don't feel as though they have a voice, don't feel as though they can protect themselves, um, and are depressed and anxious and have all kinds of other problems. Well, um, are we getting to the point where, because of 9-11, when that was so traumatic and shocking, and uh, the first time we were, well, the, the first time on the mainland that we were um, attacked, has this caused us to to cower? It's a question, it's, you know, a, a deep question that um, we really need to ask ourselves. And it, it kind of goes along with what the headlines were today um, about the speech that President Trump gave in Poland. And this is what he said. Uh, he said that in an age of terrorism, quote, the fundamental question of our time is whether the West has the will to survive. Do we have the confidence in our values to defend them at any cost? Do we have enough respect for our citizens to protect our borders? Do we have the desire and the courage to preserve our civilization in the face of those who would subvert and destroy it. Now this is, you know, <laughs> these are questions that all Americans need to ask themselves because um, it may well take sacrifices, not just of our military, but of each of us. I mean, you could kind of say that maybe in a way we've already been suffering some of the consequences, some of the sacrifices, not, certainly not, not on the same level as our military, but for example, you know, all the increased searches now when we go into a, a concert 
or uh, certainly into an airport. We have to go through um, more intense TSA security checks. And as I've talked about in previous podcasts, we have to go through now, we have to go through more in other countries when we come here from another country. But there are certain, there are certain changes that have been made in our society already. Um, you know, of course, you could even say the bans, and they uh, talked about that as well. So we are certainly, <laughs> there is more of a consciousness and more sa sacrifices that we have already been making. Sacrifices, for example, some people not even letting their kids go to concerts after what happened in Manchester in England. So it's creeping up on us. Uh, again, not anything compared to the military um, enlisting and potentially sacrificing their life or their limb. But why is this, why am I talking about this now, besides the fact that North Korea, uh, this just happened where they, that now a missile can actually reach America, but, and Trump's speech, but also I'm talking about it because we've just celebrated July 4th, Independence Day the day that Congress adopted the Declaration of Independence by the 13 American colonies when they declared independence from the British Empire. So the question is, what did you do on July 4th? Did you um, think about how lucky you are to live in America? Did you go to a game or other public event where they sang the Star Spangled Banner? Did you sing it? Do you know all the words? Did you put your hand over your heart? Um, I went to a, um, a restaurant where I've been before with my family, and it's a place um, on the marina in California where they have fireworks. And um, there were decorations, flag decorations and so on. Um, one thing that I noticed, I had been to this same restaurant because it's got a perfect seat on the patio of the restaurant to watch the fireworks over the ocean in the marina. But this year, um, there were far more security guards, far more, there were police blocking the entrances to streets that were going towards the marina. You had to, in other words, you couldn't bring your car in streets that last year we were able to. And um, you had to walk. So, uh, you know, this, the point of this, of course, was that although certainly people, I don't know that they were, I actually didn't see anyone um, checking people's bags and so on, the people who walked in. Uh, certainly they didn't check it when we went into the restaurant. But, um, but by having, by at least stopping the cars from going closer to the water, to where there would be more people watching the fireworks, that was an added protection. So, but, and, and certainly, you know, I'm, of course, very conscious of all of this um, as the terrorist therapist. Um, and I, I did think about, in fact, I, <laughs> I actually, at the table, I was singing songs. <laughs> we weren't seeing no one was leading them, but I was singing them. <laughs> Much to the chagrin probably of those sitting around me. But um I was trying to remember all the songs that I sang in school. 
when I was a kid. And as I was saying, when we used to, you know, pledge to the flag and all that, <laughs> I was doing my own little concert. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, it's important what's in your heart. And certainly it is important when you go to someplace where there is uh, an actual formal leading of the independence of the, of the uh, national anthem um, on Independence Day or any day, um, it is important that you sing. And I'm going to give you some etiquette for that in a bit. Um, you know, these days in schools, as I was starting to say, that so many schools do not make that the way to begin the day or even don't have it very much at all. Um, if not in every classroom beginning the day, then even in assemblies, like some schools used to have and some schools hopefully and presumably uh, and I know some schools do still have, at assemblies, but like major assemblies, like when they play Olympic games, you know, within the school, that's a time when they uh, sing the national anthem, but, but that actually goes with the Olympics when people, you know, at the Olympics you sing the national anthem. So there isn't enough, bottom line, there aren't enough pledges of allegiance or national anthems at school. Kids aren't learning it. And in fact, they're seeing negative role models. They're seeing people like Colin Kaepernick refusing to stand during the national anthem. And they're seeing this, this, these, this trend of people um, not singing, not, not putting their hand over their heart. Now, there were studies of this and as I was saying before, about the less than 70% who say they are likely to sing the national anthem. And there's been some, you know, explanations as to why. One, it, it may be, one reason is that the average citizen is intimidated when there is somebody, a, a great singer, singing the national anthem and putting different riffs to the tune, uh, all these complicated high note riffs, then it does make people intimidated to try to sing exactly the way they've sung, but you don't have to sing it great. You just have to sing the words and feel it with your heart. Now, I was recently quoted in an article about this for the Huffington Post, and I said um, that I've long noticed and been disturbed by the lack of patriotism, respect, and solemnity shown towards singing of the national anthem these days. Uh, patriotic it's not just that people are not singing along. Patriotic gestures are not taught and consistently modeled in today's schools. Uh, I said, I, it used to be that way. Every morning, school would begin with the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem, and your teacher would lead these in a very patriotic, respectful, and solemn way, modeling for kids how proud they should feel about our great country. So now, you know, without, without this happen, happening, people... Uh, a lot of the children don't learn the words, and of course it's embarrassing to sing any song that you don't know the words to. You, you know, you don't want your neighbors sitting, standing next to you to realize that you're, <laughs> you're using a wrong word. Um, then there also it's been suggested that the reason why people don't sing it, like at, at games, for example, is because with the um, cell phone, it means that the national anthem is a window, it's the last chance to check Facebook or Instagram before the game starts. That was one, one suggestion. Now here are, now here is national anthem etiquette. Um, 
At, at a minimum, when the national anthem begins, everyone who can stand should. Military personnel in uniform salute throughout the entire song. All men and women should remove casual hats. Women wearing formal hats matching their ensemble <laughs> are exempt. If an American flag is present, citizens should put their hand over their heart. And most importantly, the national anthem is to be sung in a traditional form and in a respectful manner. And you know that if by any chance you're one of the people, and it's certainly easy to have happen, if you're one of the people who isn't sure about the words, all you have to do is Google it. And you can do it, <laughs> you can even do it on your cell phone when you're supposed to be singing it in a game, for example. Just call it up on your cell phone. Or, um, or, or print it out at home. Um, but you know, no one should be too cool or think they're too cool. Or the other reason also that it hasn't been done in some schools is because of pe people being too PC, as if um, doing these things would show that we think that America is great or we think that America is number one, which I quite frankly think we should, I think believe and appreciate um, and that that that's that that's not okay that um, you know we shouldn't have this sense of superiority I mean I don't think it has to be superiority I think it has to be gratitude now what's interesting by the way about Korea North Korea and this sudden um, they're suddenly finally come building up to they finally did iron out the bugs um, I don't know if they've ironed out all the bugs, but enough for us to be concerned. Uh, they announced this, that they, they shot this missile that um, people have now uh, measured and, and reported uh, is, in fact, able to reach Alaska. They did it the night before July 4th, the night before Independence Day. Now, you think that that was a coincidence? Um, I think it was a warning shot. You know, it was very similar um, to, to what Independence Day is all about. Well, now it's time for the uh, letters to the terrorist therapist time of the show. Um, and I have a letter, an email, from Kelly in Seattle. And Kelly writes, Dear Terrorist Therapist, I hope you had a happy 4th of July. I had a good time with friends at a barbecue, but other than an American flag for decoration and red, white, and blue paper plates and napkins, there was nothing particularly patriotic about it. In fact, several people got into arguments about politics and almost started a brawl. What's happening with our country? I'm from Kansas originally, where things were a lot more patriotic. I miss singing patriotic songs and more flags. Well, Kelly, um, as you've heard, I totally agree with you, and we need more people like you to do things about it. Next uh, July 4th, although I'm not suggesting that we all wait until July 4th, because by then it might be too late, but we each, in our own way, need to start bringing patriotism back. We need to hang out more flags. We need to find more occasions to sing flags. We can sing them in our own homes, in our own families. Why not 
have, you know, any day of the week, why not just um, call up the music, call up the, the lyrics um, on the internet and just get your family, you know, t together and our friends and sing these songs that, that a lot of people will not have sung for quite a while. Now, when's the last time you sang My Country Tis of Me? <laughs> I mean, you know, um, when we hear uh, news like the North Korea uh, having a missile that could reach Alaska, instead of us shuddering under our covers, getting back to what I was saying at the beginning and feeling, you know, cowering like an abused child, this is when we should be singing out and getting together and having strength and putting these arguments, these, these political arguments aside and remembering our, our patriotism, remembering our gratitude for living in this country and um, doing more things that show it and, get, and gather other people into these displays of patriotism. Well, um, I, I, first I want to give you the, tell you how to um, contact me. I would like more emails. You can contact me, you know, tell me, uh, comment about the show, ask me questions, tell me what you'd like to see in future shows. And you can do that by going to my website, terroristtherapist.com, www.terroristtherapist.com, and there's a contact page. Or you can also go to my Facebook page. If you put in uh, on Facebook, if you just put in uh, The Terrorist Therapist, you will come to my page. And obviously, you can send me a message through that. So please, I do want to hear from you. Well, I want to thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. We have a lot to do. Um, to make us not feel helpless, but to actually, actually join together and make ourselves help each other to become stronger than ever. Because with threats and attacks on all fronts, we need to bring back patriotism while we still can. <laughs>